We finished The Chosen Season 3. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time around here, just a couple of notes. We're not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off, although either of those things could happen. And if they do, we want to know about it. Yes, it's a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't have to believe to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Hey, Andrea, yeah. how's your heart? Fantastic. Good. Yeah, my, my arm, not so great. No, I'm you're a little, got, got a little sun. Got a little sunburn. And uh, I am not going to laugh at you the same way you laughed at me whenever I got my sunburn. Mm. Uh, It's fine. (laughs) Well, I don't have uh, tape sunburn lines that you still have. Yeah, yeah, there it is right there. Still have those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I may have a bit of a farmer's tan, although (laughs) I did... I yeah, did raise <laughs> my my sleeve so I could try wow. to. Yeah, I was watching my nephew's baseball game. Yeah, so it's aggressive. It is aggressive, just on one side though. Yeah, yeah. So next time, you know, sunscreen or something. Yeah, that probably would have been a good a- yeah. good idea. So how's your heart? Uh, heart's fine. Uh, I'm really just. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. This uh, these two episodes of mm-hmm. the chosen. Um, they they did me dirty because I just I'm not in a good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. As of this past week, um, the 10th person that's close to us passed away. Mm. And I'm just tired of it, man. Mm-hmm. I really am. I will say that um, of of those 10, about eight of them we knew were coming. Right. And so, you know, it was a little bit easier kind of knowing that, you know, right. people's suffering is over. But uh, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, it's still still hard. I've got one more funeral to go to this next week, mm-hmm. and then we can kind of move on to the next thing. And uh, and then just so, so just in this season yeah, where you're trying to choose joy, you know, uh, trying to not get caught up in the drama of, uh, you know, Transformation Church's Easter service and those types of things. We should probably talk about it on another episode. We'll probably no. talk about that next week. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it a little, at least a little bit next week. Um, just with all of that, just just trying to choose joy. Uh, yeah. I did have a moment of happiness this week. Okay. It's too long of a story to tell, but you know th- those moments still happen, mm-hmm. and so that's good. Uh, but just all in all, I'm just uh, this. These two episodes did me dirty. Yeah. Uh, so let's just get straight into it. Um, I'll tell you, I'm really excited to get these talked about Mm -hmm. because I'm really tired of people coming up to me saying how disappointed they are in us for not (laughs) getting to these episodes yet. Like, well, there's been other things that we had to talk about guys. Yeah, And and we want, we, we slow roll it. We do it on purpose. We, we get to it when we can get to it. Um, you know, and we're giving people time to watch them, make sure they're caught up. Cause we didn't want to review it while it was like the, like episode eight was Mm -hmm. in the theaters. Right. We don't want to go see it in the theater and then review it before people have a chance to talk to, us, to us. Yeah. We don't want to spoil it for people. Absolutely. Like, We're just thinking about our listeners. Like pe- like, like our pod listeners did for us. I, we had several people reach out and be like, oh, wow, I can't believe. And, uh, and we're like, yeah, so. I haven't watched it yet. I have now. But oh yeah, time. yeah. I was about to say yeah. Thanks, thanks guys. Um, there's a uh, there's another streaming movie about something churchy on uh, Peacock that we have to watch. Yeah, um, I'm nervous about it because the last time we did one, it was Honk for Jesus and Save Your Soul. Right, it wasn't real churchy. Yeah, yeah. There so, just was a church. Yeah. So there's things uh, mm-hmm. we still need to do. The Jesus Revolution. I know we haven't done I that mean, yet. You know that's streaming now. So we we got options of things to to do yeah. coming forward. But uh, but this week I'm just excited to get this one checked off of our list. Let's do it. Uh, because again, it did me dirty. Yeah. Um, episode seven. Do you have the synopsis? I sure do. Okay. Let Let's uh, read the synopsis as is our custom. Andrew and Philip return from their trip with desperate news. They need Jesus' help to solve a huge crisis in the Decapolis. Jesus leads them on a trip to the dangerous region where they face opposition from all sides, literally. Meanwhile, John is assigned to bring an angry Simon to Jesus. Uh, Yeah, so I like this episode. Yeah. Um, I like it because it starts off during the Feast of Purim. Oh, and by the way, our music today is coming from the Chosen soundtrack. That's the song called uh, A Town on Fire. Um, when I talk about it, then mm-hmm. we're... But, and it's a good song. Now we don't have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> fair use, guys. Uh, fair use. Wait, it's a lot of fun. So uh, Everything is strategic. Yes, strategery. Um, so yes. I like this episode because it starts off with the Feast of Purim. Like that, that's where we're at. 
And um, little, just little lesson. Like I, Purim, I call Jewish Halloween. That's what I call it. The reason, the, the reason is, is because the Feast of Purim uh, typically um, tells the story of Esther and how Esther um, was born for such a time of this, mm-hmm. as this and was able to save the Jewish people, right? Right. You had uh, her uncle Haman uh, and, and bad guy Mordecai, right? And... Uh, during the Feast of Purim, people would dress up and reenact this story every mm-hmm. year. And it's traditionally, uh, whenever Esther's name would say, would be said, everybody would go, ah. And then whenever people would, uh, Haman's name was said, everybody would cheer, yay. And then whenever Mordecai's name was said, because he was the bad guy, bad guy Mordecai, right. everybody would go, and like hiss at him, you know? And so um, they actually showed that at the beginning of the episode, which was really cool. Everybody's kind of telling everything, but it's a really like joyous time. And it's a time to yeah. remember, um, you know, the goodness of God and those types of things. But Simon is still really, really upset. Simon is having a hard time. He's on top of like, the, on top of the house, like throwing pottery over, mm-hmm. <laughs> over the house. Like he's just really upset yeah. um, because he just found out um, from, we know this from the last episode, just found out that his wife had had a miscarriage Yes, and he is really upset because he's doing the ministry of right. the work uh, of the Lord. He's doing God's work. Yes. And these things are happening while all of that is happening. And it's, it's a refrain that every Christian, every minister has said at some point in their time of ministry Lord, I'm doing everything that you've asked of me. I'm doing everything that you have told me to do. I'm doing all the right things. And still, it's not fair. Yeah. I guarantee there is not a minister alive on this planet that has not said that. Yeah, At some point in their time as a minister. We'll we'll get back to uh, Philip and Andrew. Uh, I want to continue the the storyline of of Peter through through this episode. So he... um, he he's upset and has to go for a walk. And so he goes for a walk. Yeah. Okay. And so he, uh, he, he does all of that and, um, ends up in the Roman quarters mm-hmm. and almost gets arrested except yes. Gaius, the, the, the man that he helped build the rebuild mm-hmm. the cistern with, um, catches him and says, Hey, come, come with me. And, yeah. and, uh, and that's when we find out that Gaius is, um, son from his servant who we learned about beforehand uh, is real, real sick. Yes. But guys has been telling his family about this Jewish doctor yes. that heals people. And so guys, his wife comes over and goes, are you the Jewish doctor? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so good. Well, we said in the, uh, I think back in like episode four yeah. or five, we said they are setting Gaius up for something. They, that storyline yeah. that is about to show up is about to come is going to be good. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see how, um, how they interpret the, the, uh, the, the conversation mm-hmm. between Gaius and Jesus where Gaius goes, listen, just give the order. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so okay. good. So that's happening in this episode, and that's pretty much all that happens with Peter in this episode, other mm-hmm. than the fact that um, he, you know, he's chased down by Andrew, Thaddeus, I don't know, one of them, uh, told, to, told to, to come along. Um, so, no, John. Oh, was it John? It's John. Oh, okay. Yeah, it says John is assigned to bring an angry Simon to Jesus. Got it. At the, at the end of the episode. So... Jesus and the disciples are going to take care of something that we're about to talk about. And Simon isn't there. And so they leave without him. But Jesus tells John, you have, you have to bring Simon. That's right. You have to bring him. Simon's Simon's important here. Right. Okay. So where are they going? Where are they bringing Jesus? So they're taking him to the Decapolis because Andrew and Philip have, um, caused yeah an issue yeah and they didn't know how to fix it. yeah that's right that's that's correct uh decapo is a very uh multicultural place yes. uh and uh you know good old multicultural Philip and multi-religion yeah 
And Philip and Andrew uh, were part of doing their whole two by two situation. Mm-hmm. They're out there. And uh, they started asking questions. Uh, the people from the Decapolis started answering questions. And, uh, you know, Philip just decided to do what uh, what Jesus always did whenever things yeah. got hard. And that was tell a story that, that asked right. a question. T- tell a parable. And he just happened to pick the parable of the feast. And, That's uh, right. The, the, so the feast is right. uh, essentially... Um, the owner says, uh, throws a feast for all of his yeah. friends, and his friends all have reasons that they can't come. Yes. And then he goes, all right, well, then go into the streets and bring in everyone mm-hmm. else. And then there's still room left. He said, so go into the highways and the hedges and yes. bring in everyone. And this was the story that they told. And it's, right. a good, it's a good story, but it's meant to challenge a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so this is what's caused all the outcry. Yeah. Philip and Andrew are sitting down telling this to Judas when they, when they get back. And Judas goes, so let me get this straight. <laughs> Listen, we saw a little side of Judas. <laughs> He's like, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I got to figure this out. I got to read yeah. people. Uh, it's like, so um, the Jews uh, don't get to come anymore mm-hmm. because, uh, because, they're, because they're too busy. The uh, Gentiles are now secondhand citizens. The, right. like, all of a sudden, he just starts going through... Um, so, so you just called a bunch of uh, Gentiles leftovers and told the Jews that they couldn't eat. Like, uh, right? He, he just calls it out. Like, yeah, that, that that's happened. that's what we did. So there's there's everyone's in an uproar. Yes. over it, and so um, so G- they need Jesus to go fix it. Mm-hmm. That's the story. That's the story. That's we, it. It's it's mostly a setup. We also find out that uh, you know Thomas had gone to ask for his uh his hopefully fiance's hand in marriage mm-hmm. and uh and future father-in-law said no yeah and so he came back without her weird yeah it, it kind it's of a weird storyline it kind of felt it, like a uh maybe not a uh definitive no more like a not right now yeah and so i it is another one of those storylines where i'm going okay what what are they setting up for yeah. You know, because everything everything feels like they're setting it up for the next thing, right? The next thing. So, meanwhile, the disciples are also buying all the sulfur from town, right? And so, people are thinking that Jesus' disciples are building weapons. Yes, that's not what's happening. No. They're they're trying to get the um, the soil right for the olive grove. Yes. So, because the olives that are growing right now are subpar. And if they want, they're trying to make money for the ministry yeah. and it, it's uh, Zebedee, right? It's yeah, that it's, is, that is Zebedee. taking the, uh, the lead on this, sure. um, with Tamar. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's what they're doing, but it, it doesn't come across that way. Okay. Um, we also learned some backstory oh, on gosh. Matthew. This backstory on Matthew, holy goodness gracious. It is it is the reason to watch this episode. I think Matthew is the main character. <laughs> I think so too. I of uh, this episode, For I sure. think Matthew's story is is the whole reason to watch this. Everything else are these little side things and Matthew's story um is yeah. just pretty great. Yeah, I, another way to say is that everything that happens in this episode is a filler to get to the final episode, yes. except for Matthew's story, right. which goes back and fills in. Mm-hmm. So Mary finds some prayer tassels in yes. Matthew's room, and he's very upset about it because these prayer tassels were given to him in exchange for taxes Yes, when he was a tax collector. This old man comes up and he goes, ah, just as I'd planned it, there's no line. It's the end of the day on the sixth mm-hmm. day. Everybody's getting ready for Shabbat, and I've come to... Uh, to take care of my tax debt. Matthew's wonderful. Great. He starts looking. He goes, Oh, there's gotta be a problem here. You have way more debt than you have income. Yes. It's like, so something, there's an area. He goes, Nope. I bought all of my, I bought everybody's debt. All of my sons, everybody in my family, everybody in my family. Yeah. And he goes, well, you'll go to jail for this. Yeah. But my family won't. Mm. What? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, here's a symbol of Jesus uh-huh. right here. And uh, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you these prayer tassels. Um, 
this is in exchange for my tax debt. And, and Matthew gets excited. He's like, I can liquidate this and yeah. like help you pay your debt. And he goes, oh, those are priceless. You can't, you can't yeah. liquidate those. And he goes, well, if they're priceless, we can probably pay your whole debt. Those prayer tassels go back to the... The first exile. Yeah. And yeah. so so um, he's hold, held on to these prayer tassels mm-hmm. for this entire time. So um, just that story of just like mm-hmm. him getting to know through this process, through yeah. these past three seasons, getting to know the Yahweh mm-hmm. of those prayer tassels and getting to know him personally. Yes. And Mary being like, I think that that guy's prayer for you was to find your faith again. And you have. Yeah. So you, that guy's prayer has been answered. Yes. And, and Gaius is there because that there was a connection between, we knew there was a connection between Gaius and Matthew because yeah. it's been alluded to multiple times over the last, uh, last three seasons and that was his job. Gaius was the centurion that uh, guarded Matthew when he was collecting taxes. Yeah. And so he's standing there and he's watching this whole thing. And and Gaius's face, he has no comprehension. He has no idea um, what's going on. And and he, I love it because the the guy is trying to turn himself in yeah. to guys. He's got his hands out and guys is like, don't we'll worry fi- about it. Somebody we're going to find you. Somebody will come get you, <laughs> it's sir. Right. It's fine. I'm not, that's not, I'm not, that's, that's not my that's job. That's below my station. <laughs> not my job. Um, so I do like it when Philip and Andrew finally get to meet with, sit down with Jesus and talk with him. And Jesus is like, all right, so what'd you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, how'd you try to fix it? Well, we told the story parable. Great. Okay. Which one did you tell parable of the feast? He goes, the feast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one that I use to challenge people. That's not necessarily what I would use then. He's but. Like, that's that's one way to go about it, making every everyone angry at you. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's your goal. And so uh, the next time you see them, they're on their way to um, the Decapolis, and they get stopped uh, by people who everybody's already angry. Yes. Um, John finds Simon, and they all kind of end up there with uh, Jesus about to start diffusing the situation mm-hmm. that's it that that is the entire first step the seventh episode yes uh jesus does perform a couple of miracles yeah he heals uh heals the man's uh legs and does he cast out no uh a hearing hearing yeah hearing, hearing. Yeah. yeah that's it so um okay so great episode however it is a setup for uh episode Eight. Oh, by the way, we didn't say episode seven was called Ears to Hear. Ears to Hear, yeah. Um, and it's great that we had a deaf person being healed mm-hmm. with ears to hear at the same time when really it's who can actually hear these things. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So uh, episode eight is uh, is a episode called Sustenance, and uh, I'll let you read that one. Thousands arrive to first argue with, then listen to Jesus as he preaches. Shmoyle and Atticus hear what's happening and journey towards the Decapolis to catch Jesus in the act of a possible revolt. Meanwhile, as the preaching extends to the next day, the disciples realize they have a significant problem. The thousands are hungry and there's no food. Guys, we're going to see Feeding the 5,000, and uh, and it's really well done. Let's yeah. just jump to it and just be like, it's it's really well they done. They did a fantastic job. I, I, I'm always worried about the hokiness, because, mm-hmm. because in the 70s, there were some Jesus movies that came out right. that tried to do this one, and it was just hokey. It was just bad. And uh, and for this one... Um, I just feel like they did they did a good job. You know, people set down their bags, they tried to pick it back up and they couldn't, yeah. you know. And uh and, and go go feed everybody and, right. and still having those bags be full. Just yeah. so cool. It wasn't like CGI where you you see it multiplying. Yeah. It's just like at one point it's not there and then the next it is. And, and that's honestly the way that it should be done yeah. because I know that some so many times we want to you're not even ready for this. So many times we want to see what the process of mm-hmm. the miracle looks like. And that's just typically not the way that Jesus works. Right. The way that Jesus works is you're in need and you're suffering and then the suffering is over. And it happens like that. Yeah. It's very, very rare that you actually see someone's leg grow. Yeah. And also a lot of times whenever you have somebody doing like a leg growing 
they're really doing a chiropractic adjustment huh. and um, it's not a miracle. Now it brings relief. Sure. Sure. So, so there's that, but it's typically not that it's typically suffering, hunger, being filled. Yes. Well, and if we have to see the process of the miracle, we, that's because we want to be able to explain it. Yeah. And uh, that's or, not faith. Or control it. Yeah. Yikes. And that's not faith. No, it's not. It's That's us wanting to uh, manipulate or at least be able to understand it in our human minds. And that's not what faith is. Yeah. And, and I think that it's okay to juxtapose all of that with the beginning and the ending of this episode, mm-hmm. which is uh, David sitting in his throne room and Asaph comes to present his uh his psalm and i love the uh the feel here it's like all right let's workshop this a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes in and it's like yes. I, I i know that now in modern day times you don't just write a song you workshop it right and right. you have other people that work on it and tweak it and everything else like that and i love the idea that Four thousand years ago, that's also what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that when uh, when Moses sat down and in six in fifteen hundred BC to to write us to write a hymn, like there was people like, what about this word? What about that word? You think that's just going to be perfect every time? That's just not the way songwriting goes. So for Asaph to be like, okay, I'm gonna present it to you. Let me know what you think. Right, <laughs> and and this is what I was thinking about how it's. They're not gonna sing. They're just gonna yeah. hum behind me, yeah. and it's gonna be a spoken word. It yeah. was. It was funny. It was. Yeah. It was cool. Um, which, do you know which psalm that was? I believe it is Psalm 77. Okay, what does that say? It says, and this is the New Living Translation. It says, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. Do you want me to keep going? There's well, 20 verses. Well, no, I think that that's a good place because mm-hmm. it is an absolute description of what Simon's going through. Yes. Yes. And... That is the purpose of this episode. Yes. I loved how they handled Simon Peter in this episode. All right. So. Loved it so much. I don't know that we need to belabor the point. Okay. They do. They do have to go through the process of um, teaching, um, teaching on the mountainside. Mm-hmm. And people getting hungry. They have to go through all of that process. To break it up a little bit, they do have um, a story where Eden and Mary are talking. And Mary is trying to say, you probably need to go back to the rabbi. Like, if these Mm -hmm. things are really happening and it hurts you and your husband so much, go back to the rabbi. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. and so, which is good counsel, by the way, if you're, if you're still, still lost, do that. Um, and that comes into play in the cut of the final scene, mm-hmm. which we will talk about. In the teaching that Jesus does, it is people from all over the place coming yeah. to to listen. And the reason that they're willing to sit is because he's performed a miracle. Like, yes. oh, okay. And then they sit. And then more and more people come. And more and more people come. And more and more people come. And you just kind of look around. Then they come up with um, the 30 A.D., uh, speakerphone system. Yes. Which is, all right, you go that way. And when you can, when you can't hear them anymore, come back. And then whatever I say, you repeat. It's great. Cause yeah. you all like, you wonder, you always wonder like, how did 5,000 people? How did, yes. Yes. Like he'd had to be screaming. Which he could have done. Sure. He could have done it in a miraculous way. Sure. Uh, I also like the idea that, um, some some people say that he stood on a boat and let the water be a natural magnifier, mm-hmm. which is which, which happens. Uh, but uh, but I I like the old school. Uh, and then there's people coming to try to, like you said, um, Schmoyl and mm-hmm. Atticus maybe mm-hmm. is that who it was trying to come and, and discredit him and and trying to get witnesses against him, setting up for what I'm sure will be happening next season. Okay, they find a boy with five loaves and two fishes, or is it? I always get it wrong. Is it five loaves and two fishes, or is it two loaves and five fishes? It's two fishes and five loaves. Okay. And is it fishes or fish? <laughs> well, I mean, technically fish. Okay. But, um, and actually, he approaches them. 
Yeah. He's he, like, I got food. Yeah. They're all talking about, well, if we go back to this, the closest city is this far away. Um, and even if we were to ransack every house, we wouldn't have enough to feed all of the people that were here. And it's going to take us uh, it, to go to the next biggest city where we could find enough. It's going to take us days yeah. to get there and yeah. back with all the food. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Nothing we we're can in do. a bad spot here, Jesus. He's like, we should send them all home and then go find our own food, is yeah. what the disciples are saying. Yeah. Very. And Jesus is like, uh, that's not it's, what I want to do. Actually, what he kind of, kind of he said was, it's my fault they're here. Yeah. My, my responsibility. Yeah. And therefore your responsibility. Therefore your responsibility because <laughs> you're you're mine. So um so Shmuel and Atticus, they they come in and Jesus has sent everybody, like he fed them and mm-hmm. then sent everybody away. And he has told his disciples, I need you to go here. Simon found a boat. And yeah. uh, I don't re- I don't really understand why John's upset that Simon found a boat. Um, but he is. He's really upset with Simon. I don't know if he's just I generally think, bitter. I think he is. I think because Simon, well, for one thing, you know, John describes himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Yeah. And he was bothered back in episode seven when Jesus said this Simon Peter's presence coming up is required. Yeah. It, it hinges on him basically. Yeah. And John was bothered by that. And so the fact that he had to stay back because he's not being very cool. Let's just be honest. No, Simon's no. being kind of a tool. He is. He's, he's, <laughs> he's upset. He, he's he taking it out on everybody. Right. He hasn't really come clear or come clean about why he's upset. Just yeah. that he is. And he's questioning Jesus, questioning the rabbi. John doesn't like that. And on top of the fact that Jesus said, Peter has to be here. Yeah. Simon Peter has to be here for this to work or for this to happen for this next part. And so John doesn't like that. He's there's some jealousy and fighting. And then of course, all the way to the Decapolis or to where Jesus and the disciples are. Peter's just being a total turd turd. Yeah. He's being the third turd. Okay. And then, so, um, we're going to get to them on a boat here in yeah. just a moment. But before we do that, we get a Pharisee and Jesus interaction. And mm-hmm. I love Pharisee and Jesus interaction. So Always. I wanted to play a part of this. Come, join me in prayer for a little while. Will you speak with me after? I will. If you still want to question me after we pray. And I, I love that. Is mm-hmm. that okay? And, and by the way, we don't see them have another conversation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this idea that, and I kind of the the kind of the first part of it where uh, Jesus comes up and goes, "You look familiar," and don't take any offense by this, but that, I mean, you look troubled. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Jesus, like, just come pray with me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, will he talk with me if you feel like you need to after you pray? Yeah, if you still feel the need. He's always so he's always so good. Mm-hmm. It's always so good. So let's move on to the disciples. They're in a boat. Yes, <laughs> they're in a storm. And guys, we know it's coming. Oh, my word. We know it's coming. They're going to drown. This storm is real bad. This is a real small boat. This mm-hmm. is smaller than what I imagine the boat was before. Like, this is essentially a 12 person canoe. It's a rowboat. 12 person canoe. Yeah, it's, it's not, very small. It's, it's not a fishing boat. Uh-uh. It's, a, it's a boat to get from here to there. And uh, Jesus shows up. Well, and it's so funny to me. Did we see why they got on the boat without Jesus? I don't think that we just did. Just because he said he sent him, he he told yeah. them to go, and he said, "I'm gonna stick around and pray." And so they see Jesus, and they freak out. It's a ghost, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or it's a spirit, you know, it's whatever. And I love that Jesus is walking, not necessarily like on the water, because. I always wondered, like, what what does that actually look like, yeah. right? Like, if there's really waves, like, are you having to step over the waves? But it's, essentially, it's like, here's the baseline. So yeah. it's like kind of coming up to your ankles. It's, uh, it's like if you were walking through a puddle. Yeah. And there's there's concrete underneath yeah, it. Yeah, exactly right. But the water, because it's it's a storm. So the water is choppy and, and moving. There are waves. One and, of the disciples says, how is this the second most incredible thing I've seen today? <laughs> second most incredible. The person who says that is Thomas. Yes. The person who we know to be a doubter, yes. and he's still saying like this, like he sees it and he believes it. Yeah, but but we call him doubting Thomas. The guy yes. gets a bad rap. That's he all does. I'm saying. He does. All right, Jesus says this. This surprises you. 
Did you learn nothing from today? If it is you, command me to come to you underwater. Simon, no! Are you out of your mind? If you are who you say you are, bid me to step out of this boat. You have the faith to walk on this water? Absolutely. You can do whatever you command. And if you command the water to hold me, I will walk on it. And I'm sorry. I have always, always in my mind, it's always been, if you command me to, I will. Mm -hmm. No, it's, if you say that you can, then do it. Oh, my It's this boldness word. of like, like, I don't believe, I'm losing my faith in yes. you. In the middle of seeing you walk on the water, you say you can do anything, but you didn't do the thing that I needed you to do. That I didn't even know I needed you to do, oh, and you didn't handle it. I'm going through so much hurt that in the middle of this um, miraculous time, in the middle middle of this miraculous season, that everybody else is like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm like, if you say, if you say that you can do it, then prove it. Yes. He's pissed. I loved so much the way that they handled this. Yes. So much. Because I was like you. I never even considered the fact that it that Simon could potentially be in a struggle in a struggle right yeah. then. Yes. In his faith. It was it's always been presented yes. as look at how much faith Peter had. Right. And he's not doing that. He's saying I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. Yes. Because I'm going to get out of this boat and I'm probably going to drown. Yeah. And it's going to be your fault. And it's going to be your fault. But if you say I can do it, then I can do it. Mm -hmm. Because because I still believe in you. I yeah. still know what you're capable of. I just don't like you right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just struggling right now. It was Guys, so good. I'm so Peter. I am so Peter in most of my life. But in this moment... The, like, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing this scene because it's next level. If I call you to me, you would step out in faith? Yes! Then why are you upset? Why are you chasing after Gentiles when your own people have problems right here? And there it is. Mm -hmm. There it is. Why are you chasing after all these other people and you didn't look at me? Yeah. You, you missed everything you don't know what's going on with me which is not true w correct he's like you're like i'm the one doing the work mm -hmm. but i can't even tend to my own house because i'm chasing after people that i don't even like but you tell me yes. that i have to love and he's like why and jesus is like why are you so upset with me mm -hmm. i don't like like why say it ah oh, okay keep going when your own person has problems i've been right here in front of you believing in you but you're breaking up fights in the Decapolis? He's still in the boat. Then come to me. You, weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Cut to Simon is getting out of the boat. And here's the thing. Eden has gone and talked to the rabbi. Uh -huh. And the rabbi has said, maybe you should wash again. She said, I already did the purification wash in the sea. Do it in the cistern. Simon rebuilt the cistern. Uh -huh. He rebuilt the cistern. And she essentially is stepping into the waters of purification, praying for her husband uh -huh. and, and doing all of that as Simon is, quote, testing his faith. Uh -huh. And um, this is what Simon says. Do you still have faith? Faith hasn't been my problem. I gave up everything to follow you. But you're healing total strangers. It's this idea of that faith has never been my problem. Mm -hmm. I believe in you, but you don't care about me. Mm -hmm. Why do you think I allow trials? I don't know. <laughs> By the way, he's walking on water yeah, right yeah, now. Peter's screaming at Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is like, why do you think I allow trials? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm walking on water. I've so been there in the middle of a miracle, still screaming at him. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Not even noticing the miracle that's happening around you. Why do you think I allow trials? I don't know. They prove the genuineness of your faith. They strengthen you. This is strengthening you. And Eden. 
and this is the first time that he realized, like, oh, you know about Eden. And he says, keep your eyes on me. And he's like, okay. And as, uh, as Eden moves into the water, Simon begins to think about Eden and think about all of the other things. And he begins to sink. And he doesn't just begin to sink. The boy plummets like a rocket straight down. <laughs> and then you have the iconic image of Jesus' hand reaching down to grab him and pulling him back up. And Simon says what we should all say. Please don't let me go. I got you. Don't let me go. I got you. Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Don't let me go. I have much planned for you, Simon. Including hard things. Just keep your eyes on me. I promise. They get back in the boat. And the line to end all lines catches me. I'm always here. I let people go hungry. But I feed them. And you know what? This movie, this this whole show can can just can just stop. Just stop. I don't need any more. I don't want any more. I don't need to hear Jesus tell people anybody. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. I let my people go hungry, but I feed them. Can't do it. Can't do it. Third time I've cried on this. 170 episodes in. This is the third time I've cried, and I'm tired of it. I'm already tired of it. I hate this show. I hate it. Never watching another episode. I don't believe you. I'll watch it as soon as it comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Season four is going to be so good. So good. And then Asaph comes back at the end and finishes the psalm. Um, and he's saying it over Simon going back and reuniting with Eden and the healing that's happened there. And he looks so dejected and turned down and hurt. And you think that if a dude walked on water, mm-hmm. that he'd be like, you'll never believe what happened to me. And that's, that is not the situation. You have John the Baptist in prison still. You have all of these things where people are just in in a hard time. Mm-hmm. And there is no resolve. There just is no resolve. And God, no promise of resolve for them. Nope. Nope. There's nothing. And and all you get is Asaph finishing up with, you, with his song. Your psalm. arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. So, um, and they don't... Um, what I played wasn't the last of it because the last of the hymn of the hymn, the psalm, uh, was uh, essentially talks about like the waters being afraid of you, like, of, of God, and, like all this other stuff, and there being lightning and everything, and talking about being in the middle of the storm. Um, and, and they they finish up, and then David says this. I think it's ready. I think I think you got it, buddy. It's ready. Um, all right, screw the show, man. I'm I'm done. I'm done with it. I don't want to watch this show ever again. Um, until, until season four comes out. Until season four comes out, man. It's just I, like I need. I don't, dude. If I needed to hear anything this week, in this season, it's I let my people go hungry, but I feed them. Mm-hmm. I'm right here with you. I let my people go hungry, but I feed them. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna let anybody. I'm not gonna let you die. I'm not gonna let you starve. I'll, I'll let you go hungry, but I'll feed you. I'm gonna let you drown. No. And you know. Why do you think you're going through all this? I don't know. It's still my favorite. Yes. So fantastic. All right. Well, what are your thoughts? All of that. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, it's just, it's, it's, it's it really, it really just is. Um, I was talking to someone this week, having dinner with someone and I said, we were talking about the chosen and, and they said that they had never watched it. And I said, you know, I know that a lot of people have been uh, a little leery of watching it. They've been a little afraid that maybe they're adding to or taking away from the scripture. But 
the truth is, and I think we've talked about this, it they're not. They're using some creative license to uh, talk about the uh, the society, the culture of that day, um, and you know, taking at and and maybe adding to the story what we don't know or what what is one possibility. But when it comes to um, things that are the storylines that are in the in the scriptures, I feel like they handle it so very well. Yeah, because there is, the, I mean, it's adding context to what yeah. we already have. And so, like, one of the kids asked, if, did this happen in the Bible? Because we were watching it together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there is nothing that showed that, we know Peter was married because he had a mother-in-law, but that's the only thing we know. Right. Right. So we don't know if there was a miscarriage or anything else like that. We don't know any of that. Um, but there's nothing to say that it didn't happen either. Yeah. And so it's good to, you know, be able to see those types of things and, and you know, at least have, have an additional context to it. Right. Uh, and then, you know, in Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, fashion, there was a stinger. I don't know. Did you see this? I did not see the stinger. Besides, my father is not yet a believer. It's a bunch of bloopers. That's what Jesus said. Did he just do a that's what she said joke? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, just make sure. One more time. I wanted to tell you myself. You're going to ask my father for permission. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of people just mixing up their words. So anyway, uh, you know, if you like bloopers, they're, they're in there. There they go. It shows that these aren't actual people. Okay, I've got a funny story to tell you. Okay, okay. Can, we, can we transition real quick? Absolutely. So my daughter was in a uh, Easter play. At a, at a different church, yes. which was weird. Yeah. Okay. Let me just talk about how we got there. Okay. Is that um, we didn't know that this production that was supposed to be an Easter production was actually going to be on Easter Sunday. Uh-huh. Okay. Like it was never explained. It was just like it's something that is done around the the Easter time, and and, mm-hmm. and because we had never seen it before, we didn't know anything about it. We didn't know it was actually on Easter Sunday. So it came time, and I I definitely pressured Jill to be like, hey. Um, you're going to worship with your family on Easter mm-hmm. Sunday. Right. And she was just like, uh, yeah, sure. So she sent an email just saying, Hey, family worship is important. We're not going to do that. Well, we went to see this on sun- Saturday night mm-hmm. and there's one, uh, it was like Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. And then the, the last one was Sunday, Sunday morning. And after Saturday night, she was just like, I feel like I'm going to miss something if I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Um, and Holy spirit, like grabbed a hold of me. And was just like, yo. And I started talking out loud. I said, you know, Jill, if I'm okay with you volunteering in the daycare at church mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, and I'm okay with you volunteering in children's church on Sunday mornings to help with motions and songs and that kind of stuff, I need to be okay with you volunteering to work in ministry at another church. Right. You're, you're almost 13 and you get to make this decision. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be there, we'll make sure that it happens. And she made the decision to go ahead and be there. And I was like, okay, that's, I feel like that's a good decision for you. It was the hardest thing mm-hmm. to be like Easter Sunday. Hey, where's the family? <sighs> well, well, yeah. Um, but then I just realized like, I don't need her to sit on the second pew of the church and listen to me sing. Yeah. We're not going to sit together because it's Easter Sunday and we have to stay in the choir loft the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I think that it's okay for her to go and be active. Um, so going back to Saturday night, we're seeing this production and this production, um, they do a lot of, uh, they, during the crucifixion, Jesus is covered in blood. And I don't mean that there's a little bit of blood. I mean, he is covered mm-hmm. in blood. Okay. And I was really concerned because my kids have never seen like the Passion of the Christ or anything else mm-hmm. like that. Man, I don't know if they've ever seen a passion play where there is, you know, that level of gore. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned about Jonathan. Right. Because he has a real sensitive heart and he loves Jesus. And he's nine, he's, almost ten. He, he just turned ten. Just turned ten. Just turned ten. And they raise him up, they raise Jesus up, and he's on the cross. And I look over at Jonathan and he has his eyes wide, half smile, and he is into it. He's just like, whoa, that's so cool. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, he's fine. And he's just really interested in like, he's just trying to figure out like, man, okay, those scars look like this and the scars and like all this stuff, right? So um, the the service is over and um, 
you know, there was a kind of a moving altar experience mm-hmm. and a bunch of people got saved that night. So that, that's cool. Um, and Jonathan, um, you know, responded in his, in, in his soft evangelical heart type of way. Um, and afterwards he goes, I want to go ask Jesus a question. And I said, well, buddy, let's, let's just pause real quick. Do you want to ask Jesus a question or do you want to ask the guy who played Jesus a question? He goes, oh, no, no, I want to ask the guy who played Jesus a question. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so we go, there's like a long line of people wanting to take pictures with this dude and everything. Because he, I mean, you know, he he looks like the dude, you know? And so, so I'm like, hey, while we're here, like... What do you want to ask him? Because mm-hmm. I'm really concerned that he's going to ask him a Jesus question, right? A theological, right? Because I don't know this. This I don't know that this actor who kind of sort of looks like Jesus, maybe the way that we think that Jesus might look like, um, yeah. is necessarily equipped to handle mm-hmm. questions as Jesus. Uh, by that I mean he's definitely not. Like I don't know. I for he, sure he ain't Jesus, right? Uh, he goes. I want to know how. They got all the makeup on him so fast and then off of him so fast because the scenes were really close together. And I'm like, oh, you have a logistical questions about the production? He goes, yeah. I go, he's not the person to ask. You want to ask the director? Let's come over this let's, way. Let's go this way. Where the line is shorter. It was, just, it was a lot of, it was so much fun. I it, love the way Jonathan's brain works. He's the, cool, he's the coolest, coolest love kid. the way his brain works. When, the, when it comes to all of that. And I'm just so proud of both of my kids. They're just, uh, that, that way that they handle all that was great. So uh, that was uh, Easter last week. Uh, thanks to everybody who uh went who actually listened to our little short thing um uh that that we put out last week and uh apparently i I'd mentioned the um uh the my, my testimony being way back uh, uh 150 episodes ago and mm-hmm. uh and, and and a bunch of you guys went and like uh like downloaded that one and listened to that one too so that Love that one's that. cool so uh anyway so uh that next week i think that we have to at least touch on uh, some other Easter production mm-hmm, things that mm-hmm. happen. But uh, until then, let's get into the bee. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! You know, there's a lot of interpretations of the Bible, right? You know, I mean, and don't, don't, don't look at it. Don't oh, look at it. Don't look at it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of interpretations of the Bible, and, okay. and some people have to add their own context to kind of make things make sense. Okay. I.e., the chosen, right? Okay. Scholars now believe the Bible verse, they were naked and felt no shame, was written about oh, Walmart. no. <laughs> was written about Walmart. Oh, no. <laughs> the ancient prophecy has come to pass, said theologian Bart Harmon, as he surveyed the local Walmart. There is no shame in this no place. No shame. Uh, He's not wrong. No, guys. There's no shame. Do better. <laughs> oh, no, not the beast. Not the beast. Ah! All right, um, Andrea, what's your not for me? My not for me this week is uh, taxes. Yeah. Because they're due on Tuesday. Yeah, fair. And I have not done mine yet. Up top, I am like 95% through the whole process, but I've just got to go through. And so... I mean, honestly, I usually have mine done... Early. In February, middle of February, I'm usually done. And this year, I just have had no motivation. Yeah. Anyway. Also, the long like when you have to pay, uh, the longer you keep your money, the better. The it better, is. absolutely, so, absolutely. So there's all that. Yeah. So anyway, that's my not for me. Yeah. I will be getting them done, uh, probably today when yeah. most of you are listening to this episode, and then they'll be finished. Yeah. So hopefully. Well uh, what's your not for me? So my not for me is, uh, it's a very specific thing that happens. Okay. okay. I was, uh, this week I was, uh, running the vacuum in, in my house and, in here I felt like I needed to run the vacuum okay. because my kids apparently don't know how to run a vacuum. Now oh, yeah. they'll turn it on and they'll move it over the carpet, but nothing like it was, the carpet was still not like, it still looked bad. And I'm like, uh-huh. what, how do you, how do you mess up the vacuum? The vacuum does the work. All you have to right. do is just make sure it goes over. And I turn on the vacuum and I'm vacuuming and it within moments I can smell that it's overheating. And I'm like, oh, oh, let me see what's going on. And sure enough, in one of the tubes, the vacuum was clogged. And listen, I've got I've got two women in this house that have very long hair. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that hair gets everywhere. Yes, and it, it has to be picked up. It's just, yes. the, it's just one of the ways that it happens. I know it's not my very long hair because, no. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Definitely not. 
Thanks. Um, Just trying to help. Help your story along. Appreciate it. And so I'm able to get it unclogged, and it's running so smooth. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I go through and like I'm, I was like, well, since I'm unclogging this, let me just clean, just do a full like, just a clean up. Okay. And it, by the way, you need to do this to your vacuum occasionally. It sure. needs a tune up every now uh-huh. and then. Make sure everything's all all cleaned out. And and sure enough, it was dirty and it needed to be done. And so I did it. Okay. And then I went back and vacuumed the same place that we've been vacuuming for however long. Mm-hmm. And the amount of filth that was in the canister made me feel Ooh. like I had been living in my own squalor. Ooh. You've been to our house. Typically it's not clean as much as, like it's not dirty, right. but it's like, it's typically like we live in our house. It's not, it, it's not right. Right now you walked in and you saw laundry on the couch. Yeah. Cause we're clean we're doing, laundry. It's clean laundry that needs to yeah. be put away. Right. It's not just, it's just not. I have clean towels on my couch right now. There, there it is. Right. Uh, but then like, the fact that we've been vacuuming, like we've been doing uh-huh. the thing and it just hasn't been pulling up because it's been clogged. And then the one time you do it, it's the same thing happens when you buy a brand new, like I remember the first time I bought like a, a brand new mm-hmm, Dyson mm-hmm. Uh, vacuum. And I was like, Ooh, I feel like we're gross. And I had to vacuum the entire house like six times uh-huh. to make it before I felt like it was okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's my that's, not for me. That's your is, not for me this week. It is when, uh, when you get a new vacuum and you realize how dirty your house is. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's a show. But listen, our thoughts and opinions about uh, the chosen don't have to be the final word, dear listener. We'd like to hear your thoughts and opinions about uh, the show, uh, about, uh, you know, vacuums, about taxes, uh, about Walmart, any of those things. Um, All of it. How, how, how would somebody go about sure, doing Sure. You can let us know. You can reach out to us on uh, social media we are at dropping sunday on facebook and instagram all of those things yeah and every time you do we give uh, money to a local charity that's how we grow the show is by uh advertising uh by, through you yeah we pay you to advertise we just pay it to someone who needs it more than you and if you really need it let me know and i'll send you the dollar that's absolutely. how that works absolutely yeah. and uh do help us grow the show yeah because we're going to be back. We'll be back next week to talk about lots of other things. Uh, Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. And this is Dropping Sunday.